Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 93. This is your first time here. My name is Damian Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also a full-time RVer, aka digital nomad, that has lived and worked in all of the lower 48 states. I'm also the publisher of two magazines, Rootless Living and RV Today. Head over to rootlessliving.com or rvtoday.com to learn more about how to receive your copy of either magazine. On today's episode, I speak with Brianna of the Crazy Family Adventure, and we get into really a fresh perspective from someone that jumped into this lifestyle over eight years ago. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Brianna to the show. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing good here. We got a little rain going on, a little weather and rain here and wind and all that fun stuff. But other than that, I'm doing good. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing really good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, rain is always fun when doing these recordings because it sometimes can sound like people are making popcorn in the background and that's just the rain hitting the top of the RV. So uh, we'll keep an ear out for that. True, true. Happens. Yeah. Where are you it in the world? It may be rain or it may be popcorn <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> when like it comes that. to our RV. <laughs> I love it. Um, we are currently in South Padre Island in Texas, all the way down at the tip. We can like almost see Mexico out our RV window and we um, really love it here, especially like this time of year when it's cold everywhere else in the country and we're down in this little corner here with sun and beach and all that fun stuff. No doubt. And um, do you consider yourself a full-timer, part-timer, some-timer? No wrong answer. We are full-timers and have been going on almost eight years now. Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, and what are you guys traveling in? I'm, I'm going to assume it hasn't been the same rig in the last eight years, but what's the one you are right now? <laughs> we'll get into maybe all the different ones later. Okay, perfect. Um, we are currently in uh, Montana High Country fifth wheel. It is the 335BH, so it's got a bunk room that comes out the back of it that um, opens up you know, the bed slide out. So it's a little over 36 feet when we're driving down the road, and then we're actually parked, we're able to put that out, and we're almost at like 39 feet, which is really awesome because we've been in a lot of different rigs over the years, and we've learned we want to be as small as possible. But with four kids, there's a reality. <laughs> so um, we've been very happy, though, with this fifth wheel for the last over a year and just um, really enjoyed kind of the fifth wheel apartment on wheels, like I like to call them, lifestyle for right now. Yeah, I, I guess mine's a little bit more bougie. I, I say it's a condo on wheels. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, <laughs> there I, you go. I, it I does definitely... sound better. I might have to change to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, that's real quick. Let's do the the hubby and four kids. So you're obviously you're not traveling solo. You have your husband Craig, and then what are the kids and ages, if you don't mind sharing? No, not at all. Yeah, we have uh, four kids. Our oldest, Carson, he's a boy. He is 14. And then we have twins, boy-girl twins, Malia and Cannon, and they are both 11. We'll be 12 next month. And then we have Knox, our fourth boy, or fourth kid. He's a boy, and he is nine. So when we started on the road, they were six, four, four, and two. So they have definitely grown up in this lifestyle which has been very interesting <laughs> oh i bet well let's let's back up real quick let's back up the the eight years where were you living what were you doing and how did the idea of going full-time in an rv eight years ago because it wasn't probably as talked about as much as it has you know since like 2017 but then obviously a lot more since 2020 how did you find out about this and what made you guys think to do it but before you get into that where were you and what were you guys doing yeah, we are originally from Wisconsin, um, right on the bottom corner 
um, actually in Kenosha, which has been in the news a lot more than it used to be. Um, but that is where we originally from. And um, my, I actually born and raised there. My husband moved there in high school and we're actually high school sweethearts. So we um, have been together since 1996, which is crazy um, to age myself a little bit there, but <laughs> we've been together for quite a long time. And we were literally like living like the American dream, like built the house. Um, he was working a job at the local university and I was a stay at home mom with the four kids and two dogs and the picket fence, a playground in the backyard, you know, like the whole deal. And we were in a house that we had built that we thought we would be in until our kids were bringing grandkids back to the house. Like it was kind of like we were there, we were settled. Like we never thought we'd be leaving. And then we kind of started to get into this thing where my husband would go to work, you know, Monday through Friday and I'd be home with the kids. And then every weekend we'd go to Menards or Target and, you know, you'd leave spending a hundred dollars on stuff you didn't even really need or stuff you did need to maintain the house and keep the yard looking good. And, blah, 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 and all of that. And we just really started to feel like we were spending so much time and money just to maintain the lifestyle that we didn't have any time or really any money either to be able to go out and explore and do fun things and do cool things and to really just enjoy each other and enjoy our kids and really make the most out of having kids. And everyone, of course, you meet when you have young kids, like it goes by so fast, like you won't believe it. And, and really just wanted to make that one of our top priorities. So I was a stay-at-home mom doing some MLM type of stuff on the side and, and bringing in some decent money, which was nice. But the stay-at-home mom was the main thing I was doing. And then my sister, actually, she was a stay-at-home mom as well and has two kids similar to my kids' age. And we were just sitting around talking about stuff, and we kind of came up with this idea that we should travel and as our husbands are working. And um, we originally thought, like, maybe we would do it where we would rent like a duplex together and then just have more income free. So we could travel more and we weren't sure what that would look like, but we all had pets. So we were like, well, we have pets, so we can't really go international very easily. You know, what should we do? So we then came up with this idea, like, well, maybe we could RV. And we found like one other family at the time who was on the road, like RVing with their kids. Like this was 2013, I think at the time. So it wasn't as popular that people were doing this and, and especially not social media wise documenting it, but found one family. We found some other families that were just traveling internationally with their kids and we're like, well, they can do it. Like we can do it. So then we went home to our husbands and kind of like presented the idea. And of course, husband's like, what is going on here? Well, we're at work and you guys are home. Are you just talking all day about these big ideas and plans? And I was like, well, yeah, kind of, but then they came on board with it and we actually decided together that we would launch into this full-time RVing lifestyle. And um, each of us in our own RV, we had most people ask us, you guys all live together in one RV? We're like, no, we each did our own RV, set up our own life that way, and actually sold our houses, each of us, and moved into a local RV park so our husbands could keep working for about five months as we figured out what we were going to do to get on the road. So Long story short, it was really just about us wanting the freedom to spend time with family and travel. And we call that our why that we did it is family, freedom and travel. And like we've stayed true to that, you know, from the minute we got on the road to now, like we always still try to make that the priority of why we did that and the decisions we make and all of that as we continue to live this life now in May will be eight years. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of where it came from. And, and like you said, it was interesting because 
there just weren't a lot of people doing it at the time. So you kind of didn't know what you were doing or what you were getting yourself into, but it was kind of like, these people are doing it. It's possible. I know we can do it. Like, let's figure this out. And that started it and opened a lot of doors for us and got us to where we are now. Yeah. I think back to just even my own kind of story. I wasn't influenced at all. Like I didn't know anyone that was doing this. I, I hadn't seen anything on social media. I make the joke sometimes that I thought I invented it. I mean, I knew people did it retired, <laughs> but I didn't know people did it while still working. I definitely didn't know that people did it with kids. I'll say that. And I think, you know, I think the, like the gone with the winds, they're probably the ones that made people realize you don't have to wait till you're retired, but there was still probably a lot of like, yeah, but what about with kids? And then I think Mark and Trish, even though they came out probably right about the same time I decided they've probably like opened the doors for so many people to kind of realize it. And then we saw this like just craze of I'm going to buy a camera and I'm going to buy an RV and I'm going to be a YouTuber that has just <laughs> gone kind of bananas, which is great because I think, you know, you need to be able to tell the story from different perspectives per se. But now that I've been doing it for a while, I found out that, I mean, families have been doing this for decades. I mean, there were people that were on yep. the road in the seventies and I don't know how, I don't know how you got a map and did homeschooling and all that kind of stuff with no <laughs> technology, but you know, God bless them for being able to do it. Um, but I like that, it, you know, it was just more of a conversation between you and your family and then finding out that, you know, people do this, which I think is an interesting way to kind of figure it out that you're not being influenced, that it's just, you've come to the realization because there's a lot to unpack with what you said that the American dream isn't, all that we thought it was supposed to be, you know, I, mm -hmm. I almost feel like, and, and I'm very sensitive to people that, you know, I don't think that, that I'm better because I RV in any way, shape or form. No. Um, and I just feel like for me, I was really kind of duped into this, you know, you, you go to college, you get this job, you know, you build this home, you cut your lawn on Saturday, you go to church and, you know, buy groceries on Sunday and then you, you know, rinse and repeat. And that's somehow you've made it successful. And there's so much more. And you even said it, you said Europe. And I thought even that was really brainwashing to me. I've done more Europe trips before I went RVing than I'd ever done really just road trips or just seeing what, you know, United States had to show, which is really funny. So there's a lot in that first that I just wanted to kind of unpack and remind people that you're going to see people that are starting this lifestyle that have never been influenced by anybody they just have come to their own, you know, they influence themselves. They want something different. And that traveling America is like, like do that before you, you know, jump on a plane. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much to see. So let's talk about your travels. Eight years. That is a lot. Uh, if you want to, you can give us a little bit of a rig rundown and then just, you know, give us an idea of kind of what your happy medium for travel is now. Is it, are you guys weekly? Are you guys locked in a couple months in a place? Give us an idea of you know, what that last eight years have been like. Totally, totally. No, and I want to go back to what you said about Mark and Trish and your daydream, which is hilarious because I was on her podcast before they were even on the road, before right. they even hit the road, which always cracks me up that it was like, yeah, there's so many of these random connections that come out of this lifestyle that like, I never knew they were going to be like what they've become in this, in this space and on YouTube and whatever. And here I am on her podcast talking about like our experience being on the road and her saying, Oh, we can't wait to like get there and be on the road and whatever. And it's, it's such a, it's such a cool space to be in. There's so many great content creators and influencers or just people even that aren't content creators and influencers that we've met on the road over the years. And like that part of it was something we didn't know we were getting into is all the amazing and great people that we would meet on the road. So 
I love that, that, and also that all of that helps influence people to maybe make these choices and these decisions and take these leaps that they normally wouldn't have done. So I think it's a great, a great thing, 100%. but, um, yes. So go ahead. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I think that's, I, and I think I actually, if I recall, I think Mark said that originally they were talking about getting on a boat, like that was their plan. And then they somehow like downgraded it to, in their eyes in a way, you know, instead of sailing, Yep. they were going to RV instead. That's why I think they got some of the kids buy-in because it wasn't as permanent as being out <laughs> to sea. And I'm like, that's so interesting. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's amazing to just see how the you know the connections can come kind of full circle in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. And to watch everyone's journey too of like getting on the road because we've seen so many people like start from like scratch and then get on the road and like what they've been able to build and, build and do is a really, really cool thing. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so to your question about the rigs, so we <laughs> tend to get a new rig about every year, which seems similar to a handful of other people that we know as well. But we started with a 39 foot diesel pusher motor home. It was a new mar. It was gorgeous. We remodeled the whole thing and made, I shouldn't say remodeled. We painted the whole thing, but <laughs> remodeled the back of it so that we could all sleep in it. Cause there was no no rigs. I don't even think like fifth wheels or trailers at the time that slept like six people, like four kids, like each in their own bed. Like you would find like a two, you know, two bunk house or whatever, but not that had like four beds, you know, for four kids and then also a bed for the parents. So, and we knew we wanted a motor home to start for whatever reason that was important to us to have something we could drive versus getting a truck with the four kids. And we had two big dogs and towing something and, and all of that. So, we were in the diesel pusher motor home and remodeled the back room so that all of us could sleep back there. So our bed was back there. We took out the dresser and um, put in two bunks on the one side of it. And then we took out the closet on the other side and put two more bunks there. So we had all of us sleeping back there and two big dogs on the floor and people would be like, Oh my gosh, it was freezing last night. And we're like, what are you talking about? We were like sweating. And we're like, Oh, that's right. Cause we have like a little hot <laughs> lodge or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All these bodies in one place, but it was great because the age of our kids and we had been co-sleeping with them since they were born anyway. So like the ages of our kids and everything, like it just made total sense for us to do that. And I, loved that sleeping arrangement and like even to this day like I miss it just like it felt like at the end of the night everyone was just together we were just all sleeping and it was it was great but so we did that originally and then we kind of realized like this is awesome but like it's limiting in the sense that if we saw a cool thing on the side of the road like a roadside attraction type of thing it was very hard to just pull over and stop when you're driving something basically the size of a semi and towing a car and whatever it made that part of it challenging and it made us feel like we couldn't be as flexible as we wanted to and couldn't necessarily go all the places we wanted to comfortably. I have seen over the years, people take rigs that size and they go do things that I knew me and my husband, it wasn't going to happen. Like we were too nervous to do that stuff with it and, and just knew we wanted something that was a little bit more nimble and easier to get around. So after about a year and a half, I think we had that one, maybe almost two years by the time I actually made the switch. We actually went to a 23-foot Class C, so a tiny, tiny little Winnebago view that we went into with our two big dogs, and it was tiny, but there was, like, sleeping room for everyone, and then we could literally take this thing and just go anywhere. So, like, we went to Canada. We didn't even tow a car. We went to, like, Banff and Jasper and all that type of stuff just in this little rig, and it was just, it was, like, kind of van life, like, with kids and with pets, and it was, yes cramped and tight and whatever, but forced us to be outside a lot. And 
it was just a really like kind of fun way to transition from one type of traveling to the other. And that was actually a YouTube video we did for that. Like went like did really well. I think it's some might be like one of our top ones, which of course when we did the video, like it was a mess in the rig. We were just kind of messing around, like putting it together, like, Oh, check this out, whatever. And then it starts doing really well. And we're like, Oh my gosh, we totally should have put more time and effort into that. But anyway, sometimes that's the way that it goes. So we were in that for about a year or so. And we actually did get that. One of the other reasons was we were worried with the diesel pusher that if something broke down, it was going to be expensive, like to fix it with a diesel pusher, like new tires was like thousands of dollars. And if something broke, it always seemed like it was going to cost a lot. And we kind of started to get nervous as it got a little older, like, ah, maybe we should switch something else. So we switched into this other thing. Well, yeah, after putting $10,000 in to fix a whole bunch of things on it, that maybe we should have known ahead of time. Maybe not. I don't know. It was a mess, but we were done with that one. We were like, okay, this is, this is tight. We put a ton of money into it. Like we're over this. So we actually traded that in and got a 21 foot travel trailer, which is just like a mini Winnie 21 foot travel trailer that we towed with the 12 passenger van, which was awesome. Cause with our dogs and kids that gave us a lot of space, it was like a, our garage in the van too. And then we're towing this little mini trailer that had the most cargo capacity out of any of the rigs I think we've ever had, even the diesel pusher. I saw it was, it was like crazy how much you could put into that thing. And we went into that. And the first place we went with a brand new, like whatever year it was brand new trailer. No, no one else had had it and took it down to Baja, Mexico. So taking that down to Baja, Mexico, it was like the perfect rig. I would still to this day recommend people take a rig like that down to Baja just because it was, so easy to get around places. It was so small. We could fit into any campground. Yes. In Baja, they have campgrounds that are now made for big rigs and you can get around with it. But having this little one meant we could really go off the beaten path and do whatever we wanted to. There really wasn't limitations on where we could go with it, which was amazing. And then my husband and our older son kind of started to get like, okay, this is great guys and all, but like these small rigs, like we got to change this up. This is, this is too much. Like we need more space. Like let's do something else. So after about a year in that setup, we traded in that one and we got a 30 foot travel trailer that we were still able to tow with the van. At least that was the intention. But then we realized that it was actually too long to tow with the van with all the sway and everything and a truck would have been better and blah, blah, blah. So ended up with a truck now towing the 30 foot trailer, which was not the right choice to buy. You would think after all those years we would know, but things were falling apart. There was like no cargo capacity. It was not the right choice. So after that, we then upgraded about a year into having that one to the fifth wheel that we are in now. So we have done the motorhome. We've done the class C we've done the trailer. We're now in the fifth wheel and people ask like, well, what's the best RV to have if you're traveling with a family? And our answer is always, there is not one type of rig that's the best to have. And that, we feel depending on your travel style and where you are in the lifestyle, you could like a different rig every year and, and base how you're going to travel kind of off of that in some ways or find that you love these five things about one of them, but these five things about another. So there isn't a perfect solution. You just kind of have to lay out your top priorities and go with that and pick, you know, what's going to work best for your family in that moment. And it doesn't have to be the rig you're going to have for the next five years. Like, you can switch it out. You can find different things and try different things. And we do have a blog post on our site about it called them um, like picking the right family RV or something along those lines, the title. And that 
post goes into detail, like of all the pros and cons of all the different ones we've been into and kind of our conclusion at the end, after being in all these rigs, what our take is on it and how we now approach figuring out what type of rig we're going to be in. Yeah. You know, it's funny, probably in, I'd say probably like 2019, I'd been on the road about two years and I would still see these posts in Facebook groups that like, Hey, we're a family of two or, you know, what should we get? And I'm like, that, that's, that's the worst info. I mean, cause nobody does that in real life. <laughs> hey, we're a family of two. Uh, what kind of house should we get? And it's like, well, you know, Hey, you want to get a ranch with like a hundred acres. Oh no, 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 we need to live in the city. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, well then you want to try to get, you know, I know, but we can't walk upstairs. And it's like, okay, well then you want, like, there's so much info needed to really, and I always say you could have twin brothers that have married twin sisters that have twin kids and they would want completely different rigs. And even mm-hmm. though, even though on paper they're the same, like, I don't think, I mean, I can't say ever, but I just like a class A isn't for me. Like, you know, and, and that has more to do with being six foot seven than anything else. Just yeah. because a lot of them, <laughs> when you get into where they have that kind of like, you know, eight foot kind of headroom, they're really expensive. But most fifth wheels, you know, have plenty of headroom kind of a thing. But it is funny that you guys went through all of that. I probably would have, I probably would have, if I would have met you eight years ago, I would probably would have told you to get what you got right now. But I do think when you're talking about like quick exploring and Baja and stuff like that, it is nice. And for folks that don't know, when she's talking about foot length between like a class A and a travel trailer, and let's say it drops and she's saying she has more room, it's because a big portion of the class A is just the driving area. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're using a lot of, I mean, it's just unusable space in a way. I mean, some of them can turn around and be little chairs, but ultimately you're losing a lot. And then the engine takes up a lot of area on a bit. So you can go from a 30 foot class A to a 20 foot trailer and have probably just as much room in that, you know, losing that 10 feet. Yeah, for sure. And, and we definitely noticed that over the years too, that, and that's when we get into the fifth wheel, like we've mentioned before, it's kind of an apartment on wheels, a condo on wheels, whatever you want to call it, um, just because it is more of like a livable space where like a class A is definitely getting you down the road in what it is. And that has to be the priority where I feel like the fifth wheel is more built for living um, more so than a class A in some ways. I understand some people love class A's and wouldn't want anything different, but it is definitely, you can get a different type of layout in a fifth wheel for sure. Yeah. I mean, if I was someone that, you know, my partner, uh, is someone that has to use the restroom every 30 miles, class A all the way. If I was <laughs> in the PNW and rolling into, you know, campgrounds and it's pouring rain and I can almost get completely set up without going outside, then class A all the way. There's like little things like that you start to learn that where it makes a lot of sense. So that was fun. I mean, I, th- I we haven't done a lot of, you know, let's go down the whole list. And it's interesting to, to see that you guys have done a little bit of everything, which is amazing too, to have that kind of perspective what's your sweet spot right now for traveling? Like how often are you guys moving? If you could put it into like a a category, is it weekly, monthly, daily? Like how often are you guys moving? I think the best way to explain everything in our life, in this lifestyle over the last seven plus years is there is no structure. (laughs) There is no, we do this, we do that. We do whatever. Like, um, I think, part of us going into this lifestyle was wanting to not have structure and not have to have anything set in place. Hence why um, when we got on the road, my husband was working a nine to five job and then we switched to being entrepreneurs was just to give us even more.
Why does this rootless keep kicking out? Nick Rootless is plugged in, right? Eight devices connected. Hey there. Yeah, I'm here now. Some, I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, I think I think a tower around here went out or something because I mean I lost it on my hotspot. I lost my phone. Um, let me just make sure I'm recording here. I'm still there. Let me just press record here just in case. She's going to tell you we're recording. Um, recording in progress. You were starting with the one thing we've learned in the last eight years is there's no schedule because I just asked and I can chop that back in. So just pretend like I just okay. asked you. Uh, what's been like your schedule, you know, are you monthly, daily, or weekly? Okay, got it. So, yeah, so when it comes to traveling, one of the main things really when we got on the road is that we wanted our life to be able to be unstructured. We didn't want to have to set structure to our life or make choices around how often we traveled or when we traveled. We wanted to be able to just go and do what we wanted to when we wanted to. And even when we got on the road, my husband was working a nine-to-five job remotely, and we actually decided to become entrepreneurs just to even give us more of that freedom. So we weren't stuck like around his schedule, but instead could make our own. So over the years, it really has just ebbed and flowed with what we wanted to do in that moment, in that month, in that time of year, whatever it may look like, or based on if there was a family event we wanted to get to, or if there's a campground we really loved. So, oh, and our kids are older now too. So there's a little, you know, a lot more opinions in the mix now as we're making these choices, but like last year, we ended the year in South Padre Island and actually stayed for a few months into the, almost into spring. And once we left South Padre Island, after being here for about four months last year, we then like hit the road pretty hard for like the next year until we came back here. So we like made our way up into like Bend, Oregon and like spent three weeks there. Like, okay, let's catch our breath again. And then we took off and we were traveling, traveling, traveling. And then we spent about a month in Wisconsin. And then we were like, okay. Now let's go on a road trip and I call it a road trip. Sure. We live on the road. Our life's a road trip, but this was like a legit, like let's do a road trip. So we had 30 days. We did a 14 stop road trip where we started from Wisconsin and went up to New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, and like all the way down the East coast since we hadn't done that yet. 
to make our way to Destin, Florida for Halloween, and then to make our way back down to South Padre. And now we're in one spot for like three months, and we have never really ever almost done three months in one spot where we knew we were going to stay for three months when we got here. Usually, like, when we hear last year, like, oh, we'll stay a month. Oh, no, let's extend it two months. Okay, sure, let's extend another month. But this is, like, the first time we have an actual site booked, actually for five months if we wanted to stay, but knew we were at least going to stay here for three months. So it really just is ebbed and flowed over the years completely, and there is no rhyme or reason to it, and that's really the way we like it, is that we can kind of just make the decision on the fly how long we do want to travel in between stops or if we want to stay longer and just do it based on how everyone in our family is feeling and, and what we want to do at that time. Yeah. And I definitely want to transition the work, but before I do, isn't it just, I mean, cause I, when I started this journey, I was working for someone else and obviously since 2000, late 2018, I've worked for myself only. So for the last three years, the traveling working for yourself is completely different than traveling and working for someone else in regards to the schedule you can set and get into a campground on a Thursday rather than a Saturday morning. Uh, has that been the case for you guys? It's just so much better. Oh, absolutely. And even when we like are traveling with people or meet people and like, Oh, we got to wait. We're going to leave on Sunday, you know, cause we got to work on Monday or whatever. We're like, Oh gosh, I'm so glad we don't have to worry about that. And even outside of the traveling, it becomes if we want to go see an attraction or visit a museum or do whatever that like we can do that at any time of the week and pick like the day it's going to be the least busy. Or if it is busy, then we can leave and come back another day. And like, we're not held to like this, like really like strict and like rigid schedule within anything, which is, is one of the, I would say definite highlights of, I guess, making the stress of being an entrepreneur worth it. (laughs) That's definitely one of the things that I would um, continue to say has been amazing for us. Well, this is where I think, you know, and just a a little bit of a rabbit trail, I think where employees, employers, sorry, could make a better decision by employing people, but giving them that entrepreneur spirit because, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I set my own schedule, but it doesn't mean I don't work. It just means mm-hmm. I work when it makes real sense. And, you know, my job before was sales, commission, remote. I still was always like, what does it matter if I work 9 to 5? If I want to get up at 10 p.m. and schedule all these emails that go out at 8 a.m., and I'm feeling more inspired then to really do some great emails, what do you care as long as I'm making the sales? And I feel like employers need to start looking at people that have transitioned out of the workforce to start their own businesses that are still working, probably working more and crazier, Mm -hmm. but yet they've been able to figure out the life balance that kind of offsets the craziness and the risk that they probably would have stayed if the employer just allowed them to do that. If that, that whole rabbit trail makes sense, because that's what I try to do as someone that's employing people now is like when someone's like, Hey, we're going to be on a road trip tomorrow. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I think that's awesome, but I don't care. Cause yeah. <laughs> just get your job done. Like I, you can move and go wherever you want, whenever you want, as long as you know, the stuff gets done when it's supposed to get done. What do I care what you're doing? I mean, unless you're telling me cause you might be out of cell service or something, but other than that, do your life. And I think yeah. that's the thing I've noticed the most by just working for myself is not dealing with that kind of micro weirdness of nine to five. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. And I'd even take that one extra step too to say that employers get used to the idea that your employees could potentially work from anywhere. Like if they have an internet connection, like they don't have to be sitting, you know, in your office or 
even in the same city you're in, like they can be at an RV, at an RV park for a week throughout the year, multiple weeks, whatever it might look like, and they can still work just as much and get just as much done and do a great job at it. So yeah, I definitely, and even for us, that comes a challenge. Like if we're talking to other people, like kind of from like where we're from in Wisconsin or whatever, and they're still living their same life they were living when we left, where they are working those nine to five jobs and things like that. We're like, well, just come down and visit us. Or like, well, no, I can't get off of work. We're like, well, don't take off of work. Just bring your work with you and come down. They're like, well, no, no, no. Like our boss won't let us do that. Like, well, did you ask? Like, right. maybe they would. Like, I'm telling you, this is possible. Like I run businesses from the road that have kept us on the road. Like, obviously we figured out how to make this work. Like you can do this. And there's also a ton of people on the road that are doing nine to five jobs typical nine to five jobs working for people that do make it work. So no, but I'm with you hundred percent. And I, I am hoping that we are going more that direction, especially with everything over the last couple of years, employers are seeing like, Oh, okay, look, people can work from home and still be successful and, and have a little bit more freedom, you know, within that. So no, I agree with you completely. And the same thing with people on my team, I'm always like, I don't care if you work at 2 a.m. or if you work at 2 p.m., as long as you get done what you need to done and get it done on time, like, it really doesn't matter to me when you do it. And I think that's great. Yeah, no, 100%. So what are you guys doing now as uh, entrepreneurs? What's going on with you guys? Let's talk about work. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, when we started, my husband was working, like, a typical 9-to-5 job um, in the IT department for a university um, from in Wisconsin. And it, he was able, he actually, this is a whole story within itself, but I'll, I'll keep short. He, with no one in his office worked remote, but what he did, he knew he could work remote. He didn't need to be there. So he actually went and talked to his boss about allowing him to take his job on the road. So we could get on the road and be on the road full time with his income. And his boss had to take it up the chain, you know, to multiple people and blah, blah, blah. And eventually it came back and they said, yes, you can go ahead and take your job on the road for three weeks. And then we need you back for like a week. And then you can go again for three weeks. And then we ended up making that turn into eight to 10 weeks. He could be on the road and then we had to be back. And then eventually we figured out like, okay, we didn't even want to deal with this at all. But the, the cool part about this story that I like to share with people is because no one else was doing this where he was working, but just him going to ask and being a good employee leading up to this so they could trust him gave us this opportunity to be able to get on the road and have a job, have insurance, have all of this stuff when we kicked it off just because he went and asked. And then the funny thing was like after he'd been doing this for like a month, they said, okay, we're going to ask everyone you work with how it's been going. So they asked everyone how they worked with it. And every single person said it was easier to get a hold of my husband now when he was on the road than it was when he was working in the office. Cause when he was in the office, he'd go like work, like, in the library or he'd have his door closed or whatever, where now if someone reached out to him, he like responded right away because he wanted to make sure that everyone knew he was available. So it actually was even better. Like he was even more available to people. So they liked it that, you know, he wasn't there and <laughs> he was still easy to get a hold of. So, so that kind of started our journey and, and it was awesome that we had that opportunity to get on the road with an income and to do that and then gave me time to really focus on building what I was working on so that he could stop working completely. And we went that route. Originally, we weren't going to do that. We really didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, we thought he would just continue to work, and that was fine. But then we realized that, like, I was out exploring, like, all day with the kids, and he was just back at the RV sitting at the table working. And we are like, well, this isn't any fun. And then he could only come with us, you know, maybe 5 or 6 o'clock at night. He could go do something. Well, our kids were younger. It was getting dark out. Like, 
there, we weren't going to go do that. And then in the weekend, we had maybe one day to go explore. And then the next day we were moving to go to the next place. So it's just like, wait a second, like, let's make this into something like more. So before we got on the road, I started like a virtual assistant business called Virtual Powerhouse that I wanted to do to just bring in some additional income. I always kind of wanted to be doing a little something. And we had started our travel blog, Crazy Family Adventure, kind of the same thing. Just figured like it'd be cool to do that. We'd seen people who were documenting some of the stuff they were doing. So kind of started both of those businesses before we even got on the road. But then after being on the road about six months, made the decision that we did not want Craig to have to follow someone else's schedule and decided that I should focus on building the businesses enough so that he could quit his job. Mm. And at the time we knew that virtual powerhouse was going to be the quicker way to do that. Cause building a blog, especially back then they weren't paying influencers for posting things or like doing anything like that. So it was going to take a little longer to build that to a level that could actually be a full-time income. So I gave myself six months to build virtual powerhouse and get enough clients to where it could replace the income he had coming in. And here's a little tip. If you are building a business, don't go stay in Yellowstone for six weeks because there is not very good internet in the middle of Yellowstone. <laughs> so during that time was like right in the middle of me doing this. I would work from like midnight until 5am because that's when the internet worked where we were in Yellowstone and did that for pretty much that whole time to just continue to, to build this business and then got up, you know, at 8am with four kids and, and did what they needed. So it was a crazy time. And looking back, I'm like, I still don't know like how we pulled it off or like how we actually made it happen. But I hit the income goal that we wanted to. And he was able to go in to give his notice at work. And luckily they allowed him to stay on board for another year at part-time. And then actually went from part-time down to just 10 hours a week for a little while after that. So it was a really nice buffer to have as we continue to be entrepreneurs and grow our business and learn what the heck we were doing. So from there, Virtual Powerhouse has transitioned away from being a virtual assistant business and into where we do social media and Pinterest for small businesses. So we're very focused on what we offer for our clients. And it's also, I've built a team, an operations manager and a team leader, which are amazing because they do a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff. And then also a team of strategists that do a lot of the day-to-day -day work as well. So I'm able to kind of come up more with ideas and, and come up with different things we need to do within the company, which is great while they're doing the work to really, you know, keep our clients happy and, and they do a great job at it. And we're able to build that to its own full-time income and then in the meantime as we we're working on crazy family adventure we we're able to do the same for that so now we have these two full-time income stream businesses that have been able to keep us on the road and continue to grow and just become more and more and it's been a really exciting and cool journey and 10 years ago i never would have said we'd be here doing what we're doing and having this this freedom to do what we want how we want to do it and to have two successful businesses so it's been quite the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. No, and kudos to you. And I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where I tell people that, you know, if you can start a business on the road and if you can start a business on the road while juggling, you know, family. Um, and it was great that you kind of had that step down process with Craig and his job. I mean, always that's, a, you know, a really big help. But the thing that we just keep coming back to is the freedom. And I think there's a lot of people out there that have jobs that, you know, it's probably been, and I've, I've interviewed people on the show where they've, they've hit their career goal job and it wasn't close to what they wanted and they can literally back their income in half and take a different type job or a part-time job 
and live this lifestyle or a different lifestyle that just allows them to feel so much more free. And I love that that's coming out of, you know, a lot of this. I mean, I, I look at my own kids where, you know, obviously their jobs weren't qualified as ones that needed to stay necessarily open. And I think away from the job, they just realize how much their job really messed with them. Uh, mentally, mm-hmm. physically. And, you know, I think there are people out there that would then, you know, buy into the hype that, oh, it's just, you know, people aren't going back to work because they're on unemployment. No, my kids left a completely different industry, went somewhere else, not on unemployment, but they just don't want to deal with rude customers. They don't want to deal with, you know, micromanaging yep. bosses. And there's, you know, the service injury, let's just say, is, is you know, just overrun by micromanaging mm-hmm. kind of managers and really terrible customers. And nobody wants to do that for eight bucks an hour in tips. Sorry. No one's ever going to do it. Yeah. And it's just been amazing that I've seen like the light with people where they're like, my work life balance actually needs to be my life work balance. And I love that people are doing that as opposed to putting work first or putting their life first and they're figuring out work to work around their lifestyle. And it's super important and we should embrace it, encourage it. And, you know, I mean, I don't know about you and your background, but I, when I talk to people on the show, they're college backgrounds have nothing to do with what they're doing today. (laughs) And we're making these decisions at 18, 19 and 20, what we want to do for the rest of our life. It's the stupidest thing. It's the stupidest system, I think. And I think we're starting to realize it, which is great. I think we need to realize it more. We need to put our life first above work. Yes. No, I am with you a hundred percent. And we have, have preached that in some ways from the beginning, you know, from us doing this. And, and a lot of that for us meant we had less money. We had less that, you know, we could do or we had to find just free things to do in areas or we had to like limit. We couldn't stay at the campground we wanted to because it was too expensive. Instead, we'd go to a thousand trails that was not nice, but like it was free with our membership. So we could do that. And we made a lot of those sacrifices and things because to us, the family time and the freedom was more important. And even to this day, like I was just doing a call with someone and they were asking, well, what big projects do you have coming up? And I'm like, nothing. I'm like, we have built our lifestyle to where we're trying now to enjoy what we've built. Like, I don't need to be coming up with the next best thing to do to make myself a million dollars. Like, I don't need a million dollars, like, to enjoy my life. Like, my kids are at the ages they're at now, and soon they're going to be on their way to do their own thing. So I want to take the time now to spend with them. And if that means I only work 10 hours a week and I miss multiple opportunities, I'm okay with that because I'm consciously choosing to let those opportunities slide so that I can spend more time with my family and focus on building the things I already have built and keeping those going and good and bringing in an income so that then we have that passive in some way income and can just focus on our family, which is the whole reason that we started to do this. And I'll tell people all the time, like you can a hundred percent start a business from the road. But if your goal is to build a massive business and make millions of dollars and build this humongous company, which by all means, if that's your passion that you want to do, like go for it. But I would not recommend doing that while you're traveling full time in an RV. It just doesn't make sense. Go get a house with good internet and a solid thing where you don't have to worry about where you're traveling to and focus then on your business. If you want to come on the road full time, like come on the road full time and start a business, but don't lose track of the fact why you came on the road in the first place. And that's to enjoy this lifestyle, enjoy the country, travel experience, like do things and you can still have some success within it, but it doesn't, that success doesn't need to be your top priority or traveling, your family, your freedom, your time, all of that, I think is what the top priority should be. And again, that's me. I get it. But that's always been my feedback just of the struggles we've gone through with 
internet and <laughs> things right. not working or having to focus on where we're going to travel to next. And then like, I can't focus on my work stuff and like that ah, it gets to, it's a lot. So, you know, kind of make that decision when you go into it so you can know why you're doing this. Yeah. I think there's that saying, you know, more money, more problems. And I, I agree with that in regards to business. A lot of times, a lot of times we can, you know, I remember when I had a print broker business, I was working from home. I'd have clients, I'd broker it out with a print company and I'd deliver the product and I decided I need a shop and I need employees. And a year later, I had all that and I was making probably about 40% less and the stress of all these people that were working for me now and the overhead of mm -hmm. a building and all this kind of stuff. And I just was like, this is so dumb. I'm working twice as much, making half as much money because of the idea that I need to own a business as opposed to just me working from my home as a print broker or a local Starbucks somehow wasn't it didn't represent me being an entrepreneur or a business owner to my friends and family that I fell into that, mm -hmm. that trap. And I agree with it, that sometimes you can find just a perfect happy medium and just stay there and uh, you'll knock it out. So great advice. I love it. Well, it sounds like you guys are doing a ton of traveling. It sounds like you guys are doing a ton of working, uh, but we have kind of touched on and I want to like get into it when you guys aren't traveling and you're not working. Uh, what are you guys doing for fun. What's your kind of like hobby exploring family time? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, we're definitely big, like kind of outdoor, like adventure type of people, like hiking and just getting out and seeing things and doing things. When we did that 30 day road trip, we um, tracked on our, our watches and we walked like 150 miles in that 30 days, like kids included wow. <laughs> with like the hiking we were doing and the out exploring the cities and like all of that type of stuff. So we really enjoy like doing that as a family and don't get me wrong. My kids sometimes hate hiking and they're like, are you serious? You have to go on another hike. Like they're normal kids. <laughs> you know, they don't always want to do that, but we do once we get out there and get going with it, like we really enjoy that time. And then my kids are also really into like sports right now and everything, which this cracks me up, but we've bought, this is our third basketball hoop we've bought so far this year. So we keep buying portable basketball hoops when we're in locations that we're going to be for a while to set up at our campsite. So our kids can play basketball because they're really into basketball and there wasn't a basketball court here. So Went to Walmart, bought one, built one, you know, that whole deal. Right. So definitely playing basketball with our kids and playing football and doing that type of stuff. And the kids are doing surfing lessons when we're here in South Padre and really enjoying that. And then we also just really enjoy hanging out. And, and I think sometimes it has like a bad, like look to it or something like, well, what are you doing? Just sitting around a fire for like four hours. Like, well, that's why we do this lifestyle too. Like we right. like to just like sit around and like enjoy our family, enjoy our friends we're with. Like my sister and her family are still traveling. My parents travel full time. Like we're here with a bunch of friends that we've met multiple times over the years and just spend a lot of time just hanging out in the hot tub at a pool that one of our friends has here or just around the campfire and just really enjoying that time and, and in some sense that downtime. So um, I would say those kind of fall into like our hobby category is just enjoying each other and enjoying a a good conversation around a fire and then also just trying to be as active as we can, like as a family. That's very cool. You know, it's funny. I look back at my life raising kids that played sports and, you know, I just recently had, you know, pretty kind of interesting heart to heart with my youngest son, who's 22. That was played basketball probably from age eight. He ended up six foot eight shooting guard. Oh. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So like everything I think a parent would say, you know, would get to the next level. And by the time he was, 
19 and he was two years out of high school. Unfortunately, he graduated really early, 17. And to put that in perspective, LeBron James's kid is 17. He's a sophomore in high school. So, mm. you know, so really young senior. Yeah. <laughs> but just got to the point where it was like, we've had heart to hearts where it was so much time of his life, you know, 11 months of the year that it wasn't really worth it. So if, you know, if parents are listening and they're hearing about, oh, well, she's got kids that want to play sports, but on the road, when do they get to play sports? That's just da, da, da. I would say, you know, as a parent on the outside of it, uh, I think my kids would have been better off with less sports and more travel and more experiences. And I'm a big advocate for that now. I think the AAU system, the year-round sports system, mm-hmm. is, you know, I I think I took my high school eyeballs where you played high school basketball and then like a couple weeks in the summer, and that was your schedule. And the rest was up to you. Most kids played three sports if they wanted to, which nobody can do yeah. today. And it's just gotten ridiculous in the system, you know. And so I, I, I applaud you that you guys go through the effort to actually get a hoop, which I think is, you know, it's not as easy as just, you know, like, you know, I mean, you have to donate it before you leave. You can't take it with you kind of a thing and or sell yeah. it or whatever. Um, but I also just because there was part of me when I heard you talking that I was like, oh, I bet you there's people that haven't thought about this that are maybe one of the reasons they're not leaving is because of sports mm-hmm. and their kids going to be the next whoever one your kids probably not going to be. And if they are, they still will be because you just, you know, there are people that, you know, don't start playing until their college days and they still make the pros. So you're fine there. But the experiences is where it's at. You can always find time to grab a basketball and shoot some hoops or playing a rec league for a summer or something like that. But it's just, it shouldn't be the priority. And it's hard. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing as a parent too. And like, I went to college on a soccer scholarship, like, sports like I grew up like playing sports like competitive sports and like loved it and like really loved that I was doing it and like I loved that competitiveness and everything so it was definitely a choice my husband grew up sport like playing sports as well so it was definitely a choice that we had to make to say with our kids this isn't going to be your childhood when it is so common nowadays that it is and what I love about it my parents traveling with us my dad was the high school football coach in high school I went to and whatever so and he went to college on a, on a scholarship as well for sports and everything so like asking him too like well what do you think like for our kids because they're not like doing the sports and doing whatever he goes I think it's amazing what they're doing and he goes I love that they're playing pickup basketball every day right. like kids don't do that anymore they don't just go play pickup basketball everything's organized everything's done whatever he goes I love that like they just do that he's like they're getting a ton out of just that. And, and don't get me wrong. Like there's still plenty of times and I'm like, Oh no, like we're messing it up. Like we need to do something or like my son showed an interest in football. So he might go back and have him play for like a season of football to see what he really thinks of like doing it and whatever. And I'm happy to give them those opportunities and let them experience it and see like what they're doing. But it's hard. I mean, it is hard. And I do appreciate you saying that having grown kids and hearing their perspective, it makes me breathe a little easier. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It's okay. What we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if it was the way that it was, I mean, I graduated high school in 89. I know you kind of age yourself saying that you're in high school in 96, but things have really changed. I remember my first year playing baseball. I want to say it was third grade. Um, you showed up with a glove and your jeans and your tennis shoes and you got like the little team shirt and then like that trucker baseball cat with the little wove. And I think mm-hmm. we were like sponsored by some sort of bail bonds company. It was like that <laughs> kind of moment. And it cost my parents probably, you know, $25 and, you know, whatever that is, 78 for me to play. I, I transitioned to Luke playing baseball and I think it, his entire baseball season was like 1500 bucks. And he had mm-hmm. like $500 worth of gear on him. 
And I remember just thinking, this is like a six-week seat. This is so dumb. How did we get caught in this where we have to have all these uniforms and all this stuff and, you know, they're putting black stuff under their eyes like there's, you know, lights in the sky. I'm like, this is, (laughs) what are we doing as parents? We're ridiculous. So, no, I do. I, I mean, I think I had a different opinion about homeschooling four years ago. I had a different opinion about how important sports were four years ago. How, how important things were four years ago. And um, all of that has really changed. And this is why I always talk about, I really wish I would have done this in my twenties, you know, just for a season. Cause I think it would have, you know, even if I went back to the, you know, the standard American dream, I would have taken a lot of these life skills with me and just made different decisions that I think would have made my kids better, would have made, you know, family and friends better and would have made my home life better jobs better. I just would have made better decisions. Yeah, it definitely opens your eyes to it. And as long as you keep your, your eyes open, you know, and, and take those, take what you, you see from it and learn from it and, and not let yourself get pulled the other way. And I do feel like that is part of the reason why we have stayed on the road this long is there's been many times we've been like, that's it, we're done. Like, mm. let's just get off the road. Like we're over it, like, you know, whatever. And the thing that keeps us here is all those things you just said is I know if we went back and lived in a house or neighborhood as hard as we would try to not get pulled into what that's like nowadays. Like I know we would to some extent Mm -hmm. and, and is that really what we want to have happen? And I feel like that keeps holding us back from doing that. (laughs) Like, no, we don't want to do that. And we've, we've taken our kids this long now, you know, this many years that this is what they're doing. And like, we don't want to, either ruin what we built for them. And can I tell you what that's going to look like in 10 years? And if that's going to make our kids better or worse, like, no, I can't answer that. But my hope obviously is that this is going to give them this amazing opportunity in their adult lives because they were brought up this way without all of that other distraction and those other things. And like realizing that you don't need a lot to be happy. And it's amazing to make your family and free time matter priority and your day does not need to be packed full of things but instead you it's good to be bored and it's good to not have things to do and it's good to just sit around and enjoy each other and it's not a bad thing and and you don't need a million dollars to be happy and you know all of that and really try to instill that in them so i'll let you know in 10 years how it worked out but (laughs) i hear and you know (laughs) i I feel you on the like we would probably just slip back into the ways because i think about um you know like i let my son luke walk home, you know, by himself. I think he was in sixth grade, but he was like six one, you know, in sixth grade, looked mm-hmm. like a little man. And I could almost have eyes on him. And I remember some mom like, you know, reaching out and being like, we saw Luke walking home. You know, if he ever needs a ride, let us know. And I was like, no, no, I told him it was okay. He wanted to walk home, dribble his basketball home. It was fine by me. I remember eating a bowl of cereal by myself. My parents were already at work um, with a missing kid on the milk carton and then walking <laughs> three miles to school and no one said a thing. And I was probably eight or nine years old, like, you yeah. know, not 12 oh, yeah. and, you know, six foot tall. And I, I see it now as a society that once it starts to become, this is the normal, then any parent that does it is a bad parent. And I'm like, no, we're killing ourselves. Our kids should be walking to school in packs. Let them all kind of, you know, especially with today's technology. Like, remember, we, we were walking oh, yeah. and we didn't even, like, a, what's a beeper going to do? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> kids, right, you have, you could put little key tags on kids, on their bags. It's just so funny <laughs> to me that we've gone. No, no, it, yeah. it's crazy. And that's another thing we like about the campground lifestyle itself is that this is like a 1980s neighborhood right. when you're in a campground. Yep. Like, it just Great kids analogy. running free, like, yep. all over the place. And, 
of course, just like anyone else, we're worried about things and we're concerned because now everything is so in your face. Whenever anything happens, it's in your face. And with back in the day, like you, no one even knew that someone got kidnapped. We're now like the whole world knows, like, you know, like right. it's a, we definitely live in like a whole different, like, space right now and i get that and that makes us so afraid and concerned but yeah so now my kids have gizmo watches or they have cell phones or they have things so we do have a way to get a hold of them and then they're just out there living their best life like that's amazing <laughs> it's they're just running wild and running free and of course we talk about being respectful because not everyone here has kids and we get that and like we don't run to people's sites and you know all those same conversations that you should have but it is really cool that they get to have this childhood which again is another reason that we see in the roads. I know when we lived in a house, we had neighbors that we didn't see for like seven months straight because they were so busy bouncing around to things. And then so were we. And then like, you never, you, you know, you pull into your house and you just close the garage door before you even got out of the car. So like you never saw anyone. And like, I don't think my kids, well, my kids being so young when we started, they don't even remember what that was like. But I think if we went back into like a neighborhood, like they would be shocked. Like, where are all the kids? Why is there anyone out? What's going on? Cause at a campground, like everyone's just out kids everywhere, you know, especially if you pick the right campgrounds, you know, you're going to that are family friendly and you know, like people are going to be there, but I do really like that part of it. And, and I hope again, that my kids take away that in a very positive way and that we're giving them this, this awesome experience, but there is no book textbook on how to do it and how to raise your kids this way and how to really live this life and make sure they turn out okay. So, right. <laughs> so we're taking a little chance, but we keep checking in with them and, and with each other and my husband and I talking about it and, and are really excited about what we feel they've, their child has been so far and what we continue to see it being. So we'll see. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting and good. And I, you know, it's funny you make a point where I'm almost like, are they still building front doors on homes or is it just the garage? <laughs> like, cause you're, you're, you're spot on when you say that. Like I know people that probably haven't used their front door in 10 years. They just go in yep. and out through their garage. You know, people aren't coming over like we used to and all that kind of like what happened to pool parties? That's what I always, I went to so many pool parties as a kid, and my kids went to very few. And it was just so weird, you know, that that was a thing, and now it's not. It's just weird stuff out there. Um, See, and we just went to a pool party. There you last go. Night. I knew. Yeah, I knew. I knew. We just went to one. So. <laughs> I felt like you were going to say it for sure, but hopefully that resonates with someone where they're like, "You're right. We used to go to a lot of pool parties, and now we know." It's like those little things that what happened to those. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to do the low high. Uh, my rules on the low is uh, no internet, which we've kind of talked about, no flat tires, nothing really COVID related, because I think everyone has those kind of things in their life anyways, even with their bricks and sticks. But what's yeah. been a low in this life um, that maybe you just didn't know was going to hit you that, you know, that hits you every once in a while kind of a thing? Ah. Like there is not like one thing I can say that is what it is. I would say which is kind of alluding to what we've been talking about is just the uncertainty with being a parent with kids on the road. If it was just my husband and I, I wouldn't have that uncertainty, but having kids and, and, and we're determining their childhood and we determined a childhood for them that was unusual, was not the norm. And just always coming back around to making sure that that's okay and not really being able to have that answer. Like I just said to a friend the other night, I wish I could just look into the future like 10 years and see like five minutes to go like, okay, cool. Everyone turned out. Okay. All right, good. They're happy. It's good. Okay. Awesome. And then I could come back to this and just relax about that. So I would say that that's probably for us. Um, one of the lows is just that uncertainty of 
of what we're doing. And I know parenting in general, you always feel that way, no matter what lifestyle you're living with your kids. But I would say that this, just because it's something different that we're putting them through or in or whatever you want to call it, that that definitely um, hangs on us. And and we want to make sure we're making the right choices for them too. Yeah. But I mean, I think your definition of normal is you're basing it on the way you grew up. I would say the new norm is a kid comes home from school, they go into their room, they get on their device, they stay in their mm-hmm. device till they go down and get dinner and bring dinner back into their room. They eat dinner in their room, and then they go to school next day. I think that is the norm right now. I think if you, yeah. it, it's almost like, I, I, look, I'm always, when I'm talking to RV manufacturers and they would say, you know, a full-time RVer isn't a high percentage. I'm always like, your highest percentage is people that buy RVs and put them in storage. <laughs> let's be honest they're using them one weekend a year but you're not advertising hey you're gonna buy this thing for a hundred thousand dollars and you only use it for one week a year weekend a year so let's talk about what the the average is across the board and the majority average i believe is what i just described is mm-hmm. I think that's what most kids are doing or they're coming home and doing five six hours of homework or whatever it is um so yes you're right your kids aren't having a normal life but I don't think it's the normal that you want to compare to yours in my life. I don't think that's what kids are having today. Um, no, I, I agree with that. And it definitely is one thing Then we come back around to then to say like, no, 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 like this is good. Like, it's a good thing. Like it's right. fine. And as much as our kids will, of course they're kids, they throw fit about things. They're not happy about stuff or whatever. Like it, that's all like to be expected, you right. know? So it is, it's an interesting, I think for us too, like with the schooling, like we unschool our kids. So like, it's a very unstructured and very different type of schooling. Like we've just put them in the space that everything we're doing in their lives is very different from everyone else. And like, if anything, we're teaching our kids, it doesn't matter what other people think, like live your life and be happy. And like, that's the goal. But like, anytime you have kids in the mix, like, like you've said, like, Oh, I wish I could go back to like years to do things differently. It's whatever, whatever. Of course, in hindsight, you're always like, ah, so it's, uh, that part of it though, for me, I would say, cause other than that, like, I can't think of anything else, you know, from a low perspective, which is why we're still on the road. <laughs> so when you say unschool your kids, you mean when your kids graduate high school, they'll know how to apply to a job. They'll understand credit. They'll understand what savings and living within your means. They'll understand that stuff. That's what you mean by unschooling. Yes. Okay, great. Because I want people to hear yep. that, that that's what kids aren't learning. And then all of us are graduating high school and going into the workforce or into real life, but none of us have real life skills anymore going to schools. So it's a whole nother. Yep. And our trail kids to... have learned how to learn on their own. In Stop a lot of it. Ways. Of course, we're here to support that, but <laughs> if they want an answer, they know how to find it. Exactly. And if they, and all of my kids taught themselves how to read like legit, like no, like phonics talking, no, like whatever, like they taught themselves how to read. Like it's amazing what kids, well, people are capable of if they're given the time and the space to do it and do it at their own pace in their own way. And like, what that looks like. And the same thing with math. Like we have math conversations every single day about just random things, but it all like they're learning as we're talking and retaining it because they're coming up with these thoughts on their own and they want to know and understand these answers. Cause I went all the way through high school, all the way through college. And I don't know if I remembered like 10% of it. (laughs) What's funny. So hopefully with that, but, What's funny on Facebook, I'm connected with my sixth grade teacher who I really actually adore. And um, every once in a while, because he would always say, you need to learn this because you won't have a calculator in your pocket at all times. I'll I'll send him a screen cap of my iPhone calculator and be like, really? 
because it looks like I have yep. a calculator in my pocket at all times. He's like, stop it. Aren't you glad you learned calculus? No, it does nothing for <laughs> no, me now. Exactly. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather have learned yeah. and understood, you know, what my credit score and how to, you know, be careful not buying this or student loans or all that kind of stuff. Uh, no, that's yep, awesome. Yep, you have all of that. And then outside of even the educational aspect of it, to try to like also for us, our big thing with our kids is to teach them just to be happy, like to be happy and like what your choices are and to see that you can choose to live a life any way you want to and you can choose what's important to you and you don't need someone else telling you those things. Like you as a person can make these own choices for yourself. You don't need a textbook. You don't need a structure. Like mm-hmm. you can get there on your own and, and really hoping that that's, what we're instilling. <laughs> Love it. Well, there have been a bunch of highs just in the conversation, but um, if you can maybe pinpoint a moment that was the, you know, when you look around in your family and you're like, I can't believe this is our life. Uh, share one of those with us just so people get kind of a perspective. Yeah, totally. I would say that um, one that just happened recently was we just hit our 48th state. And yes, it did take us almost eight years to get all 48 states. And we just hit our last state. And like, that was a cool thing, like to put that last sticker on our state map and to like talk about the kids like, guys, you've done it. Like you've been to every state. Like, Mm -hmm. how cool is that? And like, just to... good or bad the funny thing for them is they're like okay mom that's great like <laughs> like of course we did that like why wouldn't we have done that like it wasn't this like big thing like to them they're just like oh yeah okay sure cool that's awesome um but i think for us too to just sit back and look and go like we did this like we our kids are our youngest is nine and he's been to every state like in the u.s and like not just been there like drove through it but we made sure we did something in each state before right. we put the sticker on it and we spent a couple nights there at least and like you know, did all that. And just to know that they've had those experiences, like that was a really cool thing to kind of know and to celebrate and to be happy about. And then from there, we're like, okay, what are we going to do international now? (laughs) I love it. So that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. For those of you, just for some reason, you don't know, um, there's like the sticker map that you can put on the side of your RV or you can put it inside your RV and there's really no rules with it. You get to decide what it means to have lived or stayed in a state. Um, but it is kind of fun, and I love that we have now lived and worked in all 48 states because when people ask me, hey, have you ever been to da-da-da, if it's not Alaska and Hawaii, I know I can say yes now, which is really yep. nice. <laughs> but it, what was your last state? Our last state, oh, geez, I should probably know this. <laughs> it doesn't De- matter if you De- know. Delaware? Was it Delaware? Connecticut? Okay, no. interesting. Uh, Maryland? I had uh, learned one of those at the bottom. <laughs> okay. I, I had learned that there was a, like a North Dakota club. If that's your last state is North Dakota. And I, I would say that North Dakota was probably like 46, but we'd have to come all the way down to Kansas and then do Kansas 47 to dry. I was like, I don't need to be in a club that bad, but I thought that's yeah, funny that yeah. there's this secret club. If your 48 state is North Dakota, uh, I was like, well, that's interesting because we should have went there when we went to South Dakota. I was like, why didn't we just go up there? Why are we making this trip now when we could have totally. we went to South Dakota? Um, well, I feel like it's that one that happens. Like we're from Wisconsin. So and then we've gone to Yellowstone multiple times. So we've taken the North Dakota route and whatever. So that one we hit like, well, a lot in the beginning. But I always think it's funny, too, when you see the maps and it's always like Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri are all missing. Those ones right in the middle. <laughs> Everyone just drives through, but they don't stop in like. We see that a lot too and think it's uh, it's funny. So it's cool though to see people's maps and to share that with them. I will say that was one of the reasons that, you know, we're looking at property in Oklahoma. It was normally a state that people weren't going to. And we're like, it was interesting. That's where we're like, 
I bet you it's really affordable there, and it's centrally located, mm-hmm. and it gets four seasons. Let's check out Oklahoma, because for that reason, for sure. Hey, uh, how can people find you? And again, folks, I'm going to list all this down in the show notes, so you don't have to try to write it down. They'll be down there for you to click, and you can get directly to whatever gets shared right now. But where can people uh, find you on the interwebs? We are everywhere as Crazy Family Adventure. So Crazy Family Adventure on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. I think on Twitter we're like Crazy Advent Fam or something like that. But if you put in Crazy Family Adventure, we'll show up everywhere. And um, our main focus is really on our blog. We do have a YouTube channel that we sometimes stay up with, sometimes don't. But um, our blog is like where we put the majority of our information. We really try to give very in, like informational and large blog posts to help you not just with RVing, but also traveling when you go to a destination and things you can do there and everything. And then I also have a book that I wrote that's called full time RVing with kids and insider's guide to life on the road that I took, I think wrote it when we were on the road a little over six years and took all of this information that we have learned and put it into a book to really help people with kids that do are considering this lifestyle or even are already on the road and are just looking for some insights. I've had, Lots of people tell me when they read the book that they felt like they were just sitting next to me at a campfire chatting with me as they were reading the book. And that was like the best compliment I could get because I didn't want it to be something formal. I didn't want it to be about me. Like I wanted it to be about the experience and make you feel like you were getting like real information and something you could really connect with. So if you are considering getting on the road with kids or are on the road with kids, I would definitely recommend checking that out. And that's on Amazon. So if you search full-time ravine with kids, it should show up somewhere near the top. So, but yes, crazy family adventure. We are everywhere. And then virtual powerhouse is the business website. If you're looking for Pinterest or social media support, or just curious about that, um, that is there. I have not updated in a long time because if your business is going well, you don't usually have time to update your website, (laughs) but that is out there as well. Very, very cool. Yeah. I'll link all that down below folks. You don't have to go search anything. Just go down there and click the links and you'll find it. Um, you know, I'm excited. This turned into really talking a lot about kids and then, you know, hearing about the book kind of at the end. Um, that wasn't on my, I mean, I know that, that you had done that, but it wasn't something I brought to the show thinking about, and this really just found its own way to really be about, you know, kids on the road and families on the road. And I like that aspect because I think it is a stumbling block, you know, remote. And then what do we do with our kids? And I will say as someone that never RV'd with my kids and recently did a boat trip with them, um, that's a regret. I wish I would have done this younger. I wish I would have, even if it was just for a season, you know, to get all four mm-hmm. of them in an RV and spend a year or two on the road. Uh, I wish I would have done it. And I, now that I know what I know, it wouldn't have been as hard as I thought too, but what a great resource. I'll make sure to link it down below. Brianna, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and hanging out and talking with me and sharing your story. It means a lot. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the amazing information that you guys put out there as well. I think everything you're doing and then the newest one with RV today that we are in there as one of the contributors, which is amazing. So I think everything you guys are doing is great. And thank you for having me on and letting me talk about this crazy life we're living. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Thanks so much. One other good episode. Big thank you to Brianna for coming on the show. And if you want more info or to get connected with them, just click on the show notes in your podcast player to connect with them today. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a great way of helping us get the word out. So if you're enjoying this, let's let other people enjoy it as well too. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, 
Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, I know you think not you, but you. Please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.